This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome to Pat and Stu, minus Pat and minus Stu. Oh, good cover there, oh. Jeffy. That was a good, uh, good cover with me uh, three feet away. That was, uh, I didn't even... You, your improbabilities are utterly amazing. They really are. I mean, it's why you're such a talented broadcaster and have been so for such a long time. And when I say such a long time, since before broadcasting Stop began. Stop babbling walking across that floor. I, well, first of all, I, you know, let's also talk, if we're going to talk about how bad of a broadcaster you are, let's also talk about uh, the director uh, who is uh, sitting up there and taking the wide shot of both of us when I'm not here. And then... Which is why I looked up and decided to say that you weren't here. Because it was already, already evident on the screen, Stu. Bastards. Both of you. You, you, all of you. You all suck. And I'm great. It's a conspiracy against you, <laughs> Stu. <laughs> it is, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously some people would point out maybe I should show up for the show on time. I mean, that's another option. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think that's important Heaven information. Heaven forbid that happen. At all. I was, I, I, well, I had to go get some food. Did you I was leave the building? It took uh, um, you an allotted amount of time. You, walk, you make a sloth look like a freaking, you know, Usain Bolt. You're, you, you don't get to tell people they're slow. Sloth. Look like Usain Bolt. I thought it was, I, the fact that I could pull Usain Bolt I, that, out of the right, memory I, I was impressed by myself. That was darn that good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, let's talk about someone who actually knows how to be a broadcaster, uh, Glenn Beck. Oh, um, all right. Well, he kind of does. Um, this is an interesting uh, conversation because he talks about something we've discussed a little bit here um, and Glenn has been fascinated by for a while. I sent him last night a clip of a interview that Steve Bannon did with a European think tank in 2014. You think, how the hell? Well, BuzzFeed drew some attention to this a few months ago before the election happened. Um, And it was basically his, they did an, an investigation on the rise of nationalism in Europe in 2014. And so as part of that investigation, they attended some of these symposiums where uh, people, you know, these groups were talking um, and, and kind of tried to follow the rise. Right. What they what they did not have any real, there was no, re, they were not looking to get any information on Steve Bannon out of this. It was a totally different, separate investigation. But as he rose in sort of prominence in the um, uh, Trump campaign, 
they released the transcript and the video of this. And so the video um, goes through, it's about, I don't know how long it is, but it's a lengthy uh, interview. He talks, you know, a lot of it's just him bragging about how great Breitbart is and talking about the Tea Party and things that are, are you know, whatever. have heard that from him before, Right, moderately too. interesting. But he goes into this one part where he's talking about Russia. And obviously now the greatest friend of the Trump campaign ever is, is Russia. They love uh, Russia. They love Putin. Bar- uh, Bannon was very critical of, of uh, Putin at times and seemed to go into some of the, uh, talk, the conversation Glenn has had about nationalism, traditionalism coming from Russia, things that Glenn has warned. Wow. This will appeal to you if you're a social conservative. Um, but remember, this is Vladimir Putin and they're doing for a separate reason. They're trying to create chaos talked about Alexander Dugan as one of his advisors. And Bannon seems to refer to him or someone like him uh, and also discuss how this approach is coming from Russia. And he seems, at least on the surface, somewhat concerned about it, though also recognizing its effectiveness. And now, of course, he's utilizing those same tactics uh, here in the United States. So it's kind of an interesting read. Talked to, I sent that to Glenn last night. We we discussed it for a while. Uh, He started talking a little bit about Trump and sort of the, 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 the differences of nationalism versus populism, both of which I can't stand, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, patriotism is one thing. Um, certainly prioritizing your country over uh, others when it comes to national policy is a sensible choice. Be nice. But nationalism I don't like, uh, and I really don't like populism. Populism to me is, like, is a human weakness. The fact that you go and you're like, oh, well, uh, you know, well, these things appeal to people. I will continue to do them, even if they don't work as a governing philosophy. Um, I, I, hate, I hate that. It's the exact opposite why I would, we, I would want to elect people. And that's why, uh, you know, we don't have a democracy. It's why we have a, a representative republic. The, our founders hated this sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, that's just not important to people anymore. But here's a piece of that conversation from yesterday. So in the Washington Post this weekend, there was a a Venezuelan economist who, uh, his headline, he wrote an interesting piece for them called, uh, in Venezuela, we couldn't stop Chavez, don't make the same mistakes we did. So of course, he's comparing Chavez and Trump. Politically, there's not so much a comparison yet, but (laughs) his point was that they're both, you know, extreme populists, and they had a lot of success with nationalism and, and when did national thing? populism become something that conservatives say is a good thing they're openly calling themselves nationalist and populists that's one of the most de- i mean am i the only one that learned in school that's a dangerous combination yes <laughs> yes you are they don't know oh my god they think when they hear this glenn they think it's apple pie in america that they think well i like my nation i love america that's what they and, and I don't popular. think so. I don't think so. I think, I think people are just so done. They want it to end. They just want somebody make it stop. I, somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I haven't had a raise in forever. I'm on the verge of losing my job. I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about the Muslims. The, I'm worried about the border. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about the, the dollar. I'm worried about all these things. Somebody just take care of it because I don't have time. I think that's what people are feeling. I'm a little bit more with Doc because <laughs> the, from the people I've talked to, I'm like, <laughs> does the, the whole nationalism thing worry you? And they're conflating nationalism with patriotism. They're like, no, it's good to have someone who loves America and respects America and wants to promote America. I'm like, that's not what nationalism is. And 
they, but to them, they, they're not seeing that. They, they're conflating nationalism and patriotism. I think it starts with what you're saying, though. And we've been under the gun, some of us, for literally 20 years. You're yep. saying, I've been beat up with this stuff all the way back George W. Bush. And then we got this guy, and what are you criticizing him for? He's just pro-America. He's no, a he's, nationalist. Yeah. And he's for what's popular. He's a I populist. Warned about how did my audience miss this? I've warned about nationalism and populism. You go back to the Fox chalkboards. I'm there saying populist and nationalist, bad. I don't, and that's what will happen. I don't consider Trump a <clears throat> populist, though. If he was a true populist, he would have won by a far greater margin than he did. Yeah, no. I think I literally think he's just here to capitalize on severe overreach on this globalist agenda. I mean, severe. I mean, we've had globalist <clears throat> presidents dating back till how how far? Forever. Since yeah. Clinton. Well, he's oh, Woodrow Wilson. He's an expert. Theodore yeah. Roosevelt. Right. Yeah. I mean, but now we've gone so far toward in that direction, and people are now just kind of tired of it. They're like, yeah. no, I'm tired of giving up sovereignty. I'm tired of it. People are just, they're pissed. And I personally, this is what's dangerous about it, is I agree with that. We shouldn't give up, you know, there's, there's little hints of it that you can, you can agree with. The even more dangerous part of it is, is that to further this agenda, they've co-opted, you know, um, dangerous elements, radical elements. All right. They've co-opted them into it. They said, look, we're going to say, just like I said before, just enough fiery rhetoric to allow them to come on into our, to our line. We're going to bring them in. We're going to, like goes only so far, so as we don't take it too far, but we're gonna allow you to come in. So now people think that conservatism is nationalist, populist. Well, fascism. that's exactly what the Democrats did. They brought Marxism in, yep. and they thought they could keep them at bay, and Marxism now rules the roost. But see, all those ideas sell well to people. They have a great marketing to them. You know the history of marketing well. Boy, your life's horrible, I'll make it better. Just, you know, help me out here. But I think maybe Bannon's the nationalist populist. You get different oh, yeah. people, the people that support him when they confuse it. But I don't think that's who Trump is. I really don't. I think he generally wants to go do a good job, and I think he's also ego-driven. I think it's a lot about him. And he's willing to sign on with Bannon or whatever because they just build him up. Yeah, I don't yeah. even... They don't understand what's going on. I don't even think Bannon is all of that that's associated with him. Like this, he's just using useful I he's, idiots? I think he's incredibly smart, yeah, and he's useful using idiots. useful idiots. Okay. They're, they're both expert opportunists, really. And there was a, a, a narrow little window to slip in the door because of these eight years previous, things people didn't like about George W. Bush. What, what, did, the, what did this article say about Venezuela that, that was like us, that made us? Well, he was mainly pointing out uh, mistakes that he feels like the opposition to Chavez made. For example, playing into uh, this polarization thing between, uh, I agree. He, he was like, that's one of the things that you must avoid um, is playing into that because with the populace, you know, if you're not on their on their side, basically you're a culprit. You know, if you're, it's victims versus culprits for them, and so he's like, don't play into that. He even used the example of the the cast of Hamilton. You remember after the show when they uh, scolded mm -hmm. Vice President Pence, and he was like, that's a horrible strategy. That shaming is never a good strategy against, you know, a, a guy like this. Saul <laughs> Lindsay said the same thing. <laughs> Although he's right, where were you for the last eight years? Yeah. Some of this stuff was going no, but, on too. But you know. it has changed. It has changed. It has gotten, it's dangerous. It's really, really dangerous now. And it would have been dangerous even if Hillary Clinton was in. We're at a place to where we are so used to fighting and tearing each other apart and not listening Nobody's listening to one another. The marchers, 
they're, be, they're useful idiots, I think. You know, I'm sure the vast majority are really, truly upset. Um, and, but that's not necessarily what the promoters, that's not necessarily their goals. And nobody on the left is even looking at it. And the right, we just, I mean, we're just playing into it. How does that end? How does that end? As they come and start so early, remember the Tea Party didn't start until almost summer. It was in the spring. Obama had done a lot of stuff. That's when the Tea Party said, you know what, I gotta stand up. These guys stood up at the very first yeah. day. So they're enemies, locking horns, day number one. I was out in D.C. during the protests on K Street, the one where they lit the limo on fire and that, and filmed a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you saw the Facebook Live stuff I did. And there were a lot of people out there that were the masses just going along with what was going on. There was about 5% or so of people who I think were likely transported in. I mean, these people were ready to go, all dressed in black, black masks, the whole thing. And they knew exactly what they were doing. They were pulling up the bricks, smashing them so they'd have two bricks then, lobbing them. I mean, it was textbook protesting from like a third world country or something. They knew exactly what they were doing. One of the things he points out in this article is, uh, I think, as a criticism to those protests, he said a hissy fit is not a strategy. And uh, that's, it's not going to go anywhere or accomplish anything for those people who but, want to get rid of it. But that wasn't a hissy fit. That wasn't what that was about. They were wanting sure. to punish and intimidate. That's what that's about. I, I think some of the women's march was more of the hissy fit that he's talking about. But I will tell you that this is all sounding like my chalkboard on Fox about Hungary. Anybody knows the history of Hungary, this is what happened, exactly what happened. Switch power, radicals were already on in the inside. Um, they uh, start uprisings in the street. It goes out of control, hate. The country is split in two, and they cry out, somebody, please, somebody just stop it, and the Russian tanks roll in and take it over. And it never, it's, it loses its freedom for, what, 40 years? I mean... Inside out, this is what Van Jones said, inside out, upside down. Gonna turn it all inside out, turn everything upside down. And when people are at their most friends, frenzied, that's when you strike, that's when you seize power. Well, it's interesting when you think about, we talked about before, about a political agenda, you know, about our global strategy for security and how they're pushing this, you know, this extreme nationalist point of view all over the world. You mentioned places like Hungary. Hungary is on the verge of going through that exer very same thing because they have their alt-right movement that's starting to join forces with more moderate uh, conservatives or whatever. Does that sound familiar here? Mm -hmm. um, and that's happening in France. That's happening in Germany. Um, Alternative for Germany. And in Hungary, he praised Trump. <laughs> right. He, he loves him. Oh, they all do. Yeah. They, they all do. They, every single one of these leaders love Trump. They all love Trump and they all love Putin. I'm just thankful we have Justin Trudeau in Canada. That's, I'm just happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did yes. you see his tweets? Sexy man. Sexy he, man. When he said, we'll take the refugees, he knows he's probably not going to get them because nobody wants to go to Canada. You know what? There's no fear they're going there. <laughs> he, he said, we'll take the refugees, and literally hours later, they were hit with another Islamic terror. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hours later. Mm -hmm. Literally. I was like, wait a minute. At <laughs> first blamed on, you know, Trump people. Right. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, he's from Morocco, and this was a, oh, oh and he shouted Allahu Akbar. Okay, now we, yeah, now we know what happened. Yeah, so Justin Trudeau, who praised Castro, 
<laughs> said, we'll take the refugees, America, because you're a horrible place. <laughs> good. Good, good. Take them. Yeah, I'd rather have them than Hollywood if he wants to make some sort of trade, if we can get rid of all the celebrities, because I know they're all Marxists. I know they're all potentially terrorists. But the Syrian refugees, much lower percentage. Canada can take them. Oh, and here's a, here's a radical thought. What about all the Gulf monarchies? Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait. They've taken zero to date. Zero. Because they know that their, their government is at risk here. These are dangerous guys. They don't want to take them. But we take, historically, we've taken, I think it's four times as many refugees as anyone else in the country. Look at a chart, we dwarf everybody. We've cut down to what, 50,000 this year? Or something like that? We still dwarf the rest of the world. Yeah. We're still the place that the Statue of Liberty talked about. Here's, here's what we need. We need a wall on the northern border. That's what we need. <laughs> yep. Welcome back. back, Stu. Jeffy, uh, you had uh, something you were talking about in the break as we were listening to the Glenn thing. We were listening to Glenn talk about the nationalism and populism, and it brought back uh, memory that the United States, uh, not long ago, has uh, just been downgraded from a full democracy to uh, a flawed democracy, mm. Stu. No. Uh, in the 2016 uh, Democracy Index, uh, it cites declining trust in the government as the cause of the new rating. This mm. is the... Uh, Economist Intelligent Unit's ninth annual democracy index. And it's a pretty I've, dumb index, uh, considering <laughs> we're not a democracy Wait, at all. Wait, what? Uh, no, that can't be, that can't <laughs> yeah. be true, because we're, we're, uh, we dropped from 20 to 19 mm. uh, as a full democracy I, to a flawed democracy. I would be uh, somewhat comfortable with partial democracy, and that there are elements of democracy in our republic, <laughs> uh, but we are not a democracy. That is, uh, that's the truth. Uh, Doc Thompson Thank is you. here uh, joining us. Uh, I am. Doc Thompson for success by Trump. Yeah, why do you, you want to do live spots for? You know, Trump it's Cologne? an ode to toilet. It I don't is. know if you know that. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we have the three kinds. Uh, why, do, why do we have the Trump cologne up there? Be I'll tell you why. Because Brad Staggs, mm -hmm. who does our commercials, whatever the hell else he does around mm -hmm. this joint, he uses that every day when he comes to do his, his little four-minute buzz at the yeah. top of the hour. That's his cologne every day. Now he loves that Trump stuff. Okay, so, really? so you yeah. have success and empire, but you also just have Trump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's actually, the one, one of them is pretty on. good, and I'm not sure. I don't even call which. I will one say it is. one of them I did like. Yeah. I, I, there was three of them. Yeah, and two of them are not them. so good. One of oh, them I actually success, liked. Probably. Yeah. And I know that I, every time I walk by Brad, I, I'm a little excited. So he must be wearing the good one. And I mean, Brad is the picture of both empire and success. Yes, yeah, so so I will I mean, say that. Thank you. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Doc, of course, on the uh, Morning Blaze every day on Blaze Radio Network, uh, does uh, you know fills in for Glenn all the time and uh, various things. Also, uh, mm -hmm. a high profile uh, Facebook Live coming up tonight. Yeah, immediately uh, following the announcement, which we heard it was at 8, but are they starting at 6.30? I think, because Sean Spicer said that in the, in the uh, press briefing that's going on. I think he was talking to the reporters of, like, that's like the, they open the doors yeah. uh, at 6.30, the opening band comes on at 7.30, and then, then Trump <laughs> the, the at 8. The main show, yeah. And they just keep going, come on, bring on, bring on Trump, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this pick is pretty interesting. We, we were kind of off the air going through this, uh, this list of Supreme Court justices right now. You have John Roberts is 62. Uh, Anthony Kennedy is 80. Wow. Okay, he's in play. He's, I mean... That seat's in play. And, and they keep, we talked about this briefly on the air. The theory is, in, in Washington circles, which I don't think that any of this applies to Trump, so we take it for what it's worth. But the theory is, if Kennedy wants a moderate to replace him, so if Trump comes out and says, hey, here's my moderate now um, to replace Scalia, Kennedy will then 
theoretically step down and he can be replaced with a more conservative one. So Kennedy's in Kennedy's mind, I don't want two hardcore conservatives in here. And, and um, they all do this. They all say, I, I want something oh, like I yeah. think. Yeah, I right. want something like I think. So, which is understandable, right? I mean, mm. um, and uh, so he's not going to, and just like why Justice Ginsburg is not going to step down, because she knows that Trump would replace her with somebody who's oh, not liberal. Not even close. And, you know, we saw this in the, in the previous administration as well. So you know, just, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if Kennedy knows this or not, but every day um, he has less and less of a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, he's 80. Well, 80 he's is 80. the new 60. I don't I'm know. Sorry. If, I don't know <laughs> no, I mean, if, if, so what are you? If you're the, the 80s and 60. I'm just saying 80 you? is the new 60. So, okay. you know, I've, you're the I mean, new 130. I saw your birthday relative. cake, by the way. If I'm Trump, I just go, I go conservative <laughs> yes. and I send a lot of salty foods over to the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ice those sidewalks up. You know what I mean? Oh, this <laughs> is the sad thing. Because, look. It's true. Let me go through these ages real quick and finish. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Thomas, 68. We love Clarence Thomas, most important man in He's America. He's got 10 years. Right Easy. Easy. Ruth oh, yeah. Bader Ginsburg, however, 83. Ruth um, Buzzy Ginsburg, 83. She's, yeah, she's, one of those, she's one of those ladies that hangs on forever. She also looks, frankly, yes. 83 or maybe more. Not, yeah, but she, she looks like, you know, the woman, you know, she looks like she's wasting away. She's so tidy anyway. I don't and think and by the way, the other suggestions love her. Yeah. I don't think they keep trying to wake her. At the like when she falls asleep yeah. at the State of the Union address, I think they're trying to. Is she still? Is she still? Yeah. Damn it. Okay, I know. Damn it. Well, this is the sad thing about this because Breyer and, and this, no one talks about Breyer, who is seventy-eight. I mean, he's right there as oh, well. Oh, that's in play. Um, Alito, sixty-six. Sotomayor is sixty-two, and Kagan is the youngest at fifty-six. But I mean, the sad thing here is when you talk about the Supreme Court. Obviously, we want conservative justices to be the majority here, um, and the only way you get there with Ginsburg or Breyer is something bad happens. They're not leaving during the Trump administration by choice. Now, Kennedy might. If Kennedy is convinced it's not going to be too crazy conservative in his mind, right. uh, he might say, okay, I'm going to leave. I don't know if he's um, but, I mean, these guys all think they're so important, obviously. You're not in this position if you don't think your opinion is pretty important. Kagan's the youngest, but she doesn't look real good. No, I mean, she does not. How old she was? 60? She's like 56. 55, 56, yeah. Wow. Kagan? She doesn't look old, though. I mean, she might not look... You talking Justice Paul Blart? No. She does not. <laughs> no. She does not look well. That's a really good picture. That you see that turtleneck? Picture. That's to hide the marks. There's something about Ginsburg, too. I don't think I've ever seen a picture with Ginsburg sitting up straight. She's always kind of just like... Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, why that's, she's going to live forever. She's the only one you can see the chair. Yeah. Look at her. Oh, she yeah. Would, I don't think she's going to die. I think she's, just, she's like the incredible shrinking woman. She's just going to disappear, just blow away in the wind. And yeah, really, I mean, when you talk about looking healthy, you really are at Roberts, Alito. That's about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as appearance of looking healthy, that's kind of, you kind of end it right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when Sotomayor is the moderate healthy looking person, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty rough for you there. So we talked about this a little bit off the air, uh, Doc, and I think it's interesting in that, the, the way this happened is really fascinating. From the time of uh, Scalia sadly uh, dying, which is, you know, a terrible tragedy for this country. I mean, Scalia is, was my, my favorite. He's justice. a stalwart. I mean, he's so smart and a badass. C Clarence mm -hmm. Thomas currently is my favorite. Um, but uh, him dying early 2016... Uh, or was it late 2015? It was February, Fe February, February 2016, yeah. They try to replace him um, with Merrick Garland. Now, Merrick Garland is uh, seen as a, obviously, a Democratic-appointed justice. However, a moderate one. Yeah. They did not go for another Ginsburg. Um, they went for someone who they thought had a chance to get through the Senate. Um, and 
How do you feel about the way Republicans handled that? Wrong. It's absolutely, absolutely right. You're right. So first of all, it's fascinating because all the sides were, were betting. They're betting Hillary can make it, but in case they don't, let's offer this moderate. Yeah. The Republicans are challenging. They did it wrong. As much as I'm glad Trump gets this pick and it's not Merrick Garland or somebody worse mm -hmm. or Hillary, they handled it wrong. First of all, Senate, you didn't do your job. You're supposed right. to. You're supposed to have the hearings. Now, if you think he's too progressive or whatever and you believe that a conservative has to be replaced with a conservative, which it doesn't, I'm glad you're going to, yep. but it doesn't then you should be on record saying, I don't want that person. Where are your testicles? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, and they just avoided it. Well, saying, yeah, well, their testicles were Mitch McConnell saying, we're not going to vote on it. Now, look, if the, guy, if the guy dies in October of 2016, I get it, right? Sure. They had a whole year. Um, now, I believe the reason why they just didn't hold the hearings, because you can hold the hearings and vote no, uh, and that would have been completely fine, and, and then the same thing would have happened. I think the real reason they did it is they were worried that, a Susan Collins type, uh, a few of a few of the Susan Collins, you know, moderates would say, you know, John McCain would say, you know what? Hey, look, oh, it's not our job to to, to tell <laughs> whether they're right. good or not. We're just supposed to say, is this person alive? And if they are alive, we need to we vote need to vote them in. And so they would they would have folded in the end because Garland probably would have come off as what he was, a moderate. Uh, an older moderate as well, which is another reason why it was he, they chose him. They're like, and well, he's only going to be around for a while. Right. Um, and they said, you know what, we'll do it. And uh, I think he would have been able to talk enough people into pulling the lever. And so they just said, you know what, no vote at all. Or were they also concerned with the election? Did they know it was going to sway the election? Hey, if we have these hearings, it won't be such an issue as, May, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of it. I think the other part of this is the reason why Democrats did fight for it and they tried to make it a new yeah. issue. But they didn't go to the wall for Merrick Garland. They thought Hillary was going to win You're and they right. were going to do better. So they did not push as hard as they normally would because they just figured, oh, well, Hillary's going to win this thing, and then we're going to be able to get another Ginsburg. You're right. That's a great point because think of their reactions. They were like, hey, this is wrong, turn the page, yes. that you're not hearing, <laughs> versus Chuck Schumer. Look at the yeah. people that are here with me. Yeah. You know, the, We didn't get the fake the tears over Garland. <laughs> yeah. no, we didn't we even did get the fake tears. No, no we didn't get any of no. uh, So do you have any vibe? I mean, the reports are right now that uh, Gorsuch and um, Hardiman are both traveling to Washington, D.C. as we speak. Or are they? I think <laughs> Wait, both of them are traveling there. Yes. God bless Donald Trump for that. God yeah. bless him that they're both. Right. right? Yeah, this is a show. Yeah. Someone, well, you look at, tell, tell me, Fox News has got a countdown to the, uh, yeah. to the announcement. Someone pointed out on Twitter uh, that maybe he's actually going to do a rose ceremony with these two. <laughs> like, he's going to pull them both there. And then I have to say, will you accept this rose? And then they get the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, Neil Gorsh, will you accept? <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to. Oh, sorry. It's Brian. possible. I mean, you could totally see uh, him pulling a last minute uh, switch. I mean, you know, Talk about that with the vice president, that Pence yeah. was Ivanka's pick, and uh, uh, you know, but Trump really wanted Christie. Mm -hmm. um, and man, did Christie get screwed out of this whole Boy, thing. Boy, he crap. got screwed hard. They, and they, and they went it. to the wall for Pence, though. Remember, they flew into the state, yeah. the Ivanka and the, yeah, and the hubby? They, Please. they went to the wall for Please. him. Kushner. Chris yeah, Christie's yeah. wife didn't want to move to D.C., that's why he's yeah, not in the administration, according to Chris Christie yesterday. Apparently, you guys didn't that know that. Is that true? No. Is that what I, she said? I, I That's not. what he said. My wife didn't. She didn't feel comfortable being away from, you know, I have a year left and the kids are in school. Hey, if I you didn't lived want to in move Hawaii, to people might believe that. You're in Jersey. Okay? <laughs> yeah, Everybody yeah, wants to move to, out of Jersey. We've all been through, through New Jersey going, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, with, with, with Christie, he's the first high-profile guy to back Trump. 
really the first yeah. one. I mean, you know, Sessions kind of, but I mean, the first one who was another oh, he candidate, was he took a hard stand for Trump. He looked like a hostage behind him. He went yep. to the wall all the way through the administration for this guy. Every bad, crazy thing Trump said, he found a way to justify. He gets all the way through the process. It works. <laughs> Trump wins. He gets nothing. Not you. It's like you get nothing. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. And that was really... What it came yeah. back to is that he put his freaking Kushner's dad mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he sits there in New Jersey, still holding the governorship with a 17% approval rating. Yeah. I mean, the guy sold out everything, got nothing. <laughs> I, good day, it, sir. That is good You're day, right. He yeah. was uh, probably the most high-profile person early. And by that, I mean when he drives down the road, the yeah. wind yeah. sways him <laughs> from side to side. Very high-profile from... <laughs> It's a fat joke, Jeffy. Yeah, I got the fat joke. joke. Thank oh, you, Doc. Yeah. That was like the book. I'm, I'm well aware of the fat jokes. <laughs> you can detect I don't know them you know that. sometimes. Uh, Jeffy sometimes picks those up. So uh, the Facebook Live tonight yeah. uh, is going on. You have, if you had a guess, who do you think it's going to be? I, I, I hope it's Gorsh, but I'm starting to lean to Pryor. You think Pryor? Just, Just because, I mean, it would so rattle. I mean, at first I looked at it and I was like, he's not that conservative. But remember, Trump's about throwing bombs. Yeah. What does he care at this point? Like, we were talking on Glenn's show. I don't think there's any one of them, unless there's something we don't know, where Trump's like, that's my guy because he also likes M&Ms or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. So I think he may go for the one that's going to just jack up people on the, on the left. It would be a nice distraction yeah. from uh, this immigration thing. People <clears throat> yeah, would, would drop. If, if, I mean, because Pryor is seen as that. I mean, look, Pryor, some people have problems with Pryor. Uh, on the left, it certainly does. Some on the right have issues with certain rulings of his. Overall, he's a pretty conservative judge. Sure. He's outspoken on life, which is a really important thing to me. But he's the, he's um, the more evangelical. And didn't he have the thing about the, um, the Ten Commandments being posted? I think that was one of Gorsuch his. Gorsuch had one of those as well. Oh, did Gorsuch? Okay. Um, but yeah. It, that would be the thing where Deborah Messing would just melt down. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you look at some <laughs> of their tweets. How I, that's how I rate my Supreme Court justice. How, how well, is Deborah not, Messing would, going to react That's my to standard it? right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, he's done all of this stuff, and it's only been five days in office. I mean, these are the types of He's only been in eight days, and he's done all this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so he got elected. Yes. I don't know. This That's what, what happens every four you know, years. Barack Obama passed nine, nine executive orders before February. Now, Trump is at least on that pace, and he might actually uh, go a little bit above that. But, I mean, do you remember? It just seems like more. You know, the coverage on Trump's executive orders have been completely different than the the coverage on Obama's. And it's because, obviously, the media thought those executive orders were right. They liked Obama's executive orders. They don't like Trump's. And and that is the problem that everyone detects. It's, it's It's no mystery. But it is a situation that puts, I think, uh, a little bit of a uh, a layer of understanding about why Trump is here. I mean, people people get frustrated by that, and they they just ran to the guy who is loudest about it. And I, I don't know. That's not how I choose a president, by the way. But I mean, I think a lot of people did choose it that way. It's it's funny though. All the things that have become in fashion again, like the Constitution. Oh God. They're like, oh, this is unconstitutional. It's like, oh yeah, for eight years we lost this in this drawer. Yeah. Oh, what's this crinkly oh, yellow paper? It's so inferior. Or, or in this case, it's like executive orders. Objecting to con- uh, executive orders is now in fashion again, right? Now it's a now it's a problem. Now it's a thing. I, I, you know, I, we've seen some uh, comments on on uh, social media and stuff where people. They'll, they'll fire back about abortion, and they just, they sound like libertarians. They don't want the government involved in this. What? This is my bedroom. It's my house. How dare you involve yourself? What does the government have to do with this? It's like, uh, are you on reason.com all of a sudden? I mean, I'm, you want to make that argument, 
fine. I don't agree with it at all on that topic mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's actually I do agree with it on that topic. Right. I agree with the fetus, the baby having rights to stay. I don't know alive. There uh, it that is. seems <laughs> like it's it's actually about their rights, not the mother. Uh, but it's interesting that 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 is the place they go. It's the oh, only yeah. time they find it. The only time they don't want government involved in every decision they make. Right. In fact, they even want government involved in that. They want it funded by the government. They want it. Uh, they want it uh, through health care and, and guaranteed in health care. They want it protected. Yeah. They want all of those things to happen. They don't want. They don't want the First Amendment to be respected with protesters outside the clinics. Right. Right. But when it comes to that one thing, they don't want government involved. They're all about it. It's incredible. Yep. It really is. And thanks for that input there, Jeffy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Profound. It's his silence that's profound. Look at the, look at the face. He says it all right there. Right there. You know what he's saying. He you got it. Us. The people got oh, it. Man, he's he a man is. of the people. He I, wouldn't feels... say, I wouldn't say I hate us. Oh, okay. What? Okay. He feels about me the way Twitter and everyone in the audience feels about him. Uh, and that's, uh, I think you're like his little brother. And by that, I mean smaller brother. <laughs> How do you not hate him? That was... That was we, also a fat Because I'm also way. a man of the people. Oh, okay, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, tonight, Doc Thompson, Facebook Live. Uh, I, we think it's around 8 o'clock Eastern, but Immediately following the announcement. Watch the announcement, then go to Facebook Live and listen to Doc. Doc, thanks for coming Thanks, on, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right, back in a second. 888 back is the number. Yeah, thanks, Doc. That's great. <laughs> you didn't like it. I thought you no, were a fan. Right? <laughs> oh, okay, that's I love it. <laughs> Welcome back. 888-727. Beck is the phone number. Uh, a little airport tip for you. Apparently, because uh, you get you ever go to the airport and you're like, uh, you have a soda or a coffee or something, and you're going up to, to line and you realize, crap, I can't bring this through security. i got to throw out a full I bottle of soda. I hate that. With the water? Yeah. Water. Come on now. Yeah. And the, I, mean, I know it's for our safety and security that you want me to throw my water away that I spent 50 cents on to buy your $3 bottle of water on the other side of the gate. I know it's for my safety. I got it. Well, I mean, there was an actual attack in which someone tried to use liquids to... This is not... It wasn't based on nothing. I mean, the same thing with the shoes, right? Like, Thanks, Don. I, I, what? Thank you, Mr. Trump. We appreciate it. Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. This happened during the Bush yeah. administration. Um, I would say that uh, the shoe bombing thing was... Hey, you got to take your shoes off I and put know. it through. And I, I get it, although obviously, you know, they use new tactics, right? I mean, it's, it's, look, I, I am more, um, I have more of a heart for the TSA in that I feel they have a very difficult job. And no most question. of the people who actually work there are really nice. I, I have very few yes, bad it, experiences. You know what? I have, I have not had very bad experiences either. But I know They've what you mean. It does nice. seem frustrating for these things because, you know, if... They did try the uh, shoe bombing. They did try a liquid Mine. bombing. Um, however, it, you know, they're not going to necessarily try it again, right? And like, it's like once you get caught and they put in a new uh, security measure, they're probably not going to try that again. However, if you stop checking shoes, they probably will. I know. It, it just seems like so sometimes tough. we miss the. And I know that I've never had a really bad experience with TSA. I've seen a couple of things that were questionable, you know, like, I mean, where families are with children and they push the little girls off yeah. to the side yeah. and they make them in the, I mean, stop it. Uh, yes. I mean, look, on. we, I think we all agree it's not perfect and I'd rather have it just be done privately. And many airports have gone to yeah. private, uh, based on that. Cause there is an out in the creation of the TSA that, yeah. that gave some airports, 
an out. I can't remember what the standards are, but they have an out to actually They're do there, it privately. And, and, and it's funny because like, like places like San Francisco have done it. Like it's not like every, every airport in Texas is private. It's like the places, a lot, of, a lot of them are liberal cities that have decided, you know what, this just isn't working, let's go private. I think Orlando is one as well. Really? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shorter list than it probably should be. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I think it just takes effort. You know, you don't have to, either, you don't, you're not going to get in trouble for staying. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, I can't believe this happened. You, you, <laughs> you, you know, you stayed with the normal procedure. Right. They're going to say, oh, well, you tried That's something true. different and it failed, and then you get the blame. Um, but now one of the things that uh, was implemented was a uh, was a 3.4 ounce maximum with liquids. Um, can you get that through security anyway? Um, well, there is a way. I guess the points guy, which is uh, I think one of these guys that helps you maximize your points on your credit cards and your and your flight, uh, you know, situation, your uh, frequent flyer, says uh, you could actually freeze the liquid. So if you have a bottle of water and you freeze it and you put it in your in your bag, yes, you can actually get it through security, and then you just have to wait for it to melt, and you'll have some cold water. No, so it's because the liquids that would be explosive liquids or flammable wouldn't be able to freeze, so they'd let it through probably. That's the only, way, the only reason why they would let that through, right? I, I mean, I'm guess, just trying to guess yeah, why. The ones they're looking out for yeah. wouldn't, I, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't freeze. I mean, I guess technically, though, it's a solid, right? So solids, they're not checking. Right. Um, so I don't know. That's it's so either, it's one of those two. Um, uh, it would be interesting. Maybe you should try it, Jeffy. Uh, maybe, but you should try like fuel or, but, you know, something, something really dangerous and, uh, and, and, you know, don't, but because it's an caught. experiment, don't, uh, don't tell them that you were doing it for the show. Just, just say, you know, I really just wanted to use this on the plane and just see what happens. You know, it'd be interesting. It would be an interesting thought experiment. If you get caught though. Yeah. Don't yeah. you get like yeah. arrested? Oh, but it would be, I mean, what the, imagine the footage, you know, it would, it would help the show. I mean, do you want to help the show or do you want to hurt it? I mean. Well, you know I always want to help the show. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be something we should try. Maybe you should, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the way to dress up the, to maximize the... Why would I have to... Oh, I think it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll help you out with the outfit. Uh, so, I guess, though, you know, who the hell's going to do this? I mean, the only way you might do it is, like, if you had kids and you had, a, like... But, again, they usually let the kids stuff through. Like, if you have a bottle or whatever... You, the, they will let that stuff yeah, they, through. They, that, that's, uh... There's just no reason. It's just, it's just better to buy $3 water. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've had, we've all had frozen bottles of water where we've had to wait for it to melt. Yeah. we got the big ice cube and stuff. Yes, you know what, Stu? I hate to admit it, but you're right. Yeah, spend the three bucks. Better spend the three bucks. I mean, the only thing, maybe if you're on like a really long flight, you're going overseas for still 15 hours. But I mean, still hey. little, you know, it sweats and you yeah. got everything yeah, is right. wet. Yes, it's just not worth it. No. It's not worth it, um, but it would be worth it for you to try it and just see what happens. Well, I, would, um, again, I think they would arrest me. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, there was an interesting story I saw on, I don't know, was like The Economist maybe? One of those uh, magazines, and they, they had a story about people who are like obsessed with air, airplane travel and, and miles in particular. And like, so their goal was always to fly as much as possible to get extra points. Maximize their maximize points. Maximize their yeah. points. It, and it becomes like a game. So they were talking about, you know, one of these guys who was uh, five, six hours a day was in the air because he was like, I guess, wealthy from other things and wanted to have more points than everyone else. And like, you know, if you book points and then you get the double points on the certain days and take the certain right. times and, and you can really maximize it. And, and they, their goal is just to beat the airlines like they just want it's a game and they just okay. want to beat the airlines um and well, i guess they can afford it Good. these guys are on fun. the planes all the time so they're well known the, the the staff knows what they're doing but they just find all the little loopholes fly for free all the time and maximize the amount of maximize points possible points. weird right 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess if you've got nothing else to do with your life, try to maximize the airline points. Well, you'd know. You know, you do. You'd have a good, a good picture into that world. You'd have a good window, right? You know, what window is that? I don't have a lot of air points. No, no. I mean, you don't have anything to do with your life. <laughs> really, that's what you were. That's what I was huh. referring to there. Yeah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it happens, but it happens. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually used to know a guy who um, did this kind of. Like, he would have, he would find a flight that he could actually get more points than the value of the flight. And when he found it, he would just fly to, like, L.A. and back for no reason. And, you know, he'd get to eat first-class sure. uh, food, you know, first-class airplane food, um, and have a couple drinks on the house. And then come back and have more points than the value of what he actually paid for the flight. So in the end, he'd be fine. He, but, you know, then I find out that I, we, I mean, everybody I talk to, and I'm okay with getting the points and using them. You know, go ahead. Let's use them. If they're giving them away, give them away. Take them. Use them. Sure. But it seems to me that every time I hear people complaining that they are not able to use them the way they're supposed to use them. You know, like, yeah. the, oh, I've got 18 million air miles. That's great. I'd li- I should be able to fly around the world. Yeah, no, you can go to uh, San Antonio. How do I want to go to San Antonio? <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't have any family wanna... in San Antonio. Nothing. Um, yeah, no, it's true. They, they can restrict them. I've had good experience with, uh, with the air, with the flights and the, like, American Express points, which I had for a while. I don't really use that card that much anymore. But I, I used to, I put everything on cards. I'm, I'm a big card guy. You have been for a long uh, time. For a long time. Like, I yeah. put everything on there. So, so do I. Um, but it's, I mean, you put them on your cards. I try to put them on. Uh, other people? I don't know. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, but some of the stuff is such a scam with the points. I went on a vacation uh, a couple of years ago um, to the Dominican Republic. And so I bought a package to this hotel and it was like, you know, it was one of those like all inclusive type places. Um, and so, but they were very, they would give me the, you know, you get the room and you get the, yeah. you know, the foods included and everything. And then they give you like, it was like $200 of resort credit per night per person. That's and I was lot. like, that's unbelievable. Like $200, I can get massages cre- every day. Every day. <laughs> I can resort rent. Resort credit is the parking lot. Right. The resort credit was the biggest scam. First of all, I couldn't buy anything on the resort with resort credit. So they didn't accept it like at, for that like should be chips illegal, or restaurants or. Uh, well, we only use that for what? Uh, the, the wrecker service right. in case your car breaks down? <laughs> the only thing they used it for was, uh, a value to me at least was you could go into the store, like the gift shop, and buy things there with the resort credit. Now, of okay. course, you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to buy $200 a day of gifts at the resort credit? That's ridiculous. Right. Well, they had a good fun reason, a scam for that. So if you wanted to use the money at the resort credit, I'm going to get these percentages wrong, but it was something to this effect. That's hilarious. Every dollar you had was only worth 50 cents at the resort, first of all. So your $200 was only worth $100. And when you bought something... You had to buy the other half of the thing with real money. So, like, if you had $100 of resort credit and you wanted to buy something that was worth $50, you could put 50, 50 of the 100 resort dollars on it, but, but you had would, to spend right. 50 real money on it. You know, you have to spend 25 real dollars and 25, 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 25 resort dollars. That's the way it works. So to bet to $50, you could only get 25 of it could be resort dollars. The only 25 you have to pay. Of course, everything that was $50 was only worth 10. So you'd be spending 25 real dollars for something that was only worth 10. 
And it was, so you got totally screwed. You should have taken the flight to San Antonio. I should have taken the flight to San Antonio. <laughs> Back in a second. We have uh, quick spoons for you before we leave. We'll see you in just a moment. had an interesting relationship with 7-Eleven over the past couple weeks here on Spoons, um, in which we've tried three different flavors. The prime rib ones, which I thought were terrible, and the sausage and peppers, which I thought were delicious. The sausage and peppers were great. One of the better products we've had yes. on Spoons. I would actually, um, I would purchase those. Yeah. Um, now, this one is our third variety, a spicy guacamole. What's interesting about this is neither Jeffy or I <laughs> like guacamole, so this is not going to be particularly promising. Well, I mean, I'll take a bite out of it. You know, I mean, there's nothing I won't take a bite out of, Still, I mean, I might not. Might not like it later, mm, but smell pretty good. Now they are green-ish. Yeah, I usually I if know. something smells good, I'll take a bite out of it. They actually smell pretty good. Oh, they do. Mm, let's try. I'll give it a whirl. Here we go. Spicy guacamole from 7-Eleven. Mmm, man. You know what this reminds me of? Wow. Is why I'm not crazy about guacamole. I will say, you know what really mm. bothers me about guacamole? Is the texture and the color? Actually, they're not too bad. They're actually these are not bad. I mean, I don't I don't know that they taste like guacamole, but I don't know. <laughs> they're kind of just a good spicy chip. I, yeah. I actually don't mind these. Yeah, they're mm. not bad. By the way, if you like avocados and you like Donald Trump, do some research on the effect of NAFTA on avocados. <laughs> you wouldn't be having so much guacamole if it weren't for that thing you're opposing. You ain't lying. I will, I will tell you that. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully. We'll-